Frank, this is exciting to have sit down here and chat with you because as I was telling you earlier uh, when uh, earlier when you walked in, you one of the things I remember about you when I came in to United Ag was how comfortable you made me feel. I remember when I was at board meetings and stuff like that when we used to have our events. I used to walk around and see where is Frank and Elsa sitting <laughs> and I used to go sit next to next at that table. I don't know if you noticed, but that's yes. a very strong thing about you Frank. So it's exciting to be here and just talking to you. Well, thank you for inviting me. This this is a great opportunity to talk a little bit about a, a lot of different things that are going on in the industry. So, thank you for the invitation. And before so we before we get started, so I am Kirti Mutatkar. Just for our listeners, uh, the president and CEO at United Ag, you want to give an intro to who you are and what you do. Sure, uh, I actually am the one that do the toilet cleaning, cleaning, and <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm the CEO of company that I found. Um, it's uh, Agrococo uh, slash uh, Agrofruits International. Been Pretty much involved since 1994 in this industry. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoy the uh, all the aspects of the industry. Uh, you said 1994. You've been involved in uh, agriculture. Yes, yes. And how did you get into that? So this was you were not born into it, right? Well, not necessarily. My, I mean, my dad uh, had in the good old days. Uh, he had a lot of farm uh, um, in Mexico. And of course, uh, one thing I, I mean, now I love what my dad did to me. Uh, back then, it wasn't that much fun because uh, I remember my dad's comment was that uh, during the school, you are with your mom, guys, but during uh, <laughs> summertime, you are all mine. And he used to, you know, uh, expecting us to be at the farm helping out and all the different tasks uh, like a, any just like a regular worker and I used to hate that but uh, in a sense I guess that really uh, set the basis for my work habits and and the love of the agriculture industry I pretty much grew up during summer times involved in all the aspects of a farm I mean from cultivating harvesting, cattle raising, milk the cows. I mean, I've pretty much done everything. That's a very interesting. Yesterday I was watching um, this YouTube interview of a famous Indian chef. His name is Ranveer Brar. Mm -hmm. And he said something very similar. He said during summer holidays, he used to do very similar with his grandfather and father. And at that time, he said, all my friends used to say, oh, they've been here, they've been there for vacation, and I was spending this time. But he said, in hindsight, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because that's the reason I am now this world-famous chef. Very similar to your story. And I will, I will not change this if I start all over again. I will do it the same way. Do that because all over it, again. I mean, to me, it was probably the greatest education. So then you've always been involved in, in agriculture then? Yes, yes. And I mean, the priority in our household was education. So uh, we got kind of pushed to, uh, there were nine, nine in the family. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody got, I mean, so, had to go to school. Um, 
And pretty much everybody uh, got, uh, I guess, like a title. Uh, uh, I'm the only college dropout. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I don't mind, I mean, because I was able to uh, get involved with a, a lot of different things, a lot of different activities. Tried everything from uh, real estate to actually I used to own a bar. Oh, you did? And, I and, didn't know that part. Yeah, okay. in Anaheim. Oh. Uh, still there. I think it became kind of famous uh, in the last few years because uh, a lot of musicians uh, mm-hmm. came out of that uh, bar. And uh, that was started by you? You started? Um, actually, I kind of re rebumped that bar because it was a mess when I bought it. Uh, oh, and okay. I didn't know that, thing. that history of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I got involved in so many different facets of, I guess, of life. Uh, but um, my my true love has always been the ag industry. Oh, sure. so, and so from the bar, that's when you moved on and you did uh, start I, I, your actually, ag company? Actually, I been a rebel probably most of my life i never (laughs) settled for like a eight to five job yeah so i always had more than one activity going on and i was the vp of a nursery while i was on in the bar so i I, kind of okay did uh, different things at the same time right but uh yeah I, i got involved with the nursery industry for almost 20 years. And then how did how did the coconut thing happen? When when did that happen? <clears throat> well, uh, it's kind of funny because uh, back in the old days, um, I guess it was in the early 90s, the nursery industry, they really did have a good marketing system. And someone from um, Australia, uh, Anthony Testellari, I think was the, mm-hmm. or is his name, mm-hmm. He patented the rose, they call it flower carpet, and uh, it, it was only eight nurseries in the U.S. that was allowed to um, reproduce that uh, plant. One of our nurseries was one of the, the ones that had a permit to uh, reproduce or propagate the plant from uh, cuttings. And I had a really hard time uh, with those because uh, they, I mean, the cutting got uh, rotten either because if I use pit moss, it was too too much um, moist retention. If I use perlite, it was too dry. So I was playing around with different things. And I remember in my mom's garden always had the most beautiful roses that I can remember. And uh, so... I one time when I was on vacation in Colima visiting my younger brother, we were talking about the problem that I had with this mm-hmm. rose. Yeah, and he said, you know, one of my friends' uh, dad um, had mountains and mountains of a product that they've been using. You know, like the ones that we used to use for the roses at home. Right. So he took me there. I took a sample, brought it back to the states, and play with. Uh, I mean, at the beginning, really or results, but I play, keep playing until mm-hmm. I was able to find a perfect uh, solution for the rose. And so that was the beginning of uh, this business. One uh, visit uh, to Colima, uh, maybe a couple 
chats of tequila and maybe a good cold <laughs> beer and conversation and that's how this business started and that was that was so much excitement when I started noticing the roses propagating and the root system growing like crazy. Then one time when I was really, really excited about um, we opened an, a, a new facility in San Diego. I didn't know that that area, it can get really, really cold. We were not prepared and um, had to move from Irvine to Valley Center, um, maybe like six or seven truckloads of the flower capper rose um, that we just transplanted in somewhere with the pitmos mix and the other was, was with cocoa mix. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we had a, a really cold weather. Um, I went to visit the facility and I noticed a couple blocks completely gone, I mean dead. And the others next to it, beautiful. So my first impression was, uh, gosh, maybe uh, the sprayer uh, ended up putting some different, uh, maybe herbicide instead of uh, uh, the proper mix. And that's why it got killed. But I didn't realize until I pulled out one of the plants that the ones that were dead, that was a pit moss mix Wow. And the ones that they were alive, it was the cocoa mix. And I was think that what, too cold? Because it uh, was actually, cold? I think what it saves the plants, uh, the water retention on the uh, uh, okay. uh, coconut husk, uh, it really, uh, well, combination of more water retention, but also the husk or the coconut uh, mm-hmm. substrate is like uh, insulation. Uh, so okay. from that day on, I was completely sold out on the coconut business. You know, I've been in this business since 94, and I still think there's so much more to learn about this wonderful uh, product. I mean, I think we just know the surface of the benefits. So what exactly, if somebody's listening, what exactly is the product? Where does it come from? Well, see, like uh, the beauty of this uh, product and um, is like a waste product from the coconut fruit. Okay. So like in the, husk. the, the coconut tree, uh, after you dehusk the, the fruit, yes. that product in the old days, they used to um, burn it or they used to use as a probably energy, perhaps, and uh, but it wasn't that uh, utilized properly because, I, I mean, um, some of the people in my hometown in Colima, they use it to uh, make the, or burn the bricks. So when they make the bricks, uh, they use the coconut husk. Um, but uh, the advantage, or at least the things that I know now about the coconut husk, besides the water retention and the uh, uh, control temperature, uh, there are so many other uh, good elements into it. Like um, uh, I've been involved with universities, try to learn more about the coconut husk. And um, one of the things that I noticed, or they discover that the coconut husk has uh, like a, a fungal activity that is called Aspergillus terris. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which inhibits a lot of the root disease. Oh. So if you see any plant growing in the coconut uh, product, you're going to see the whitest root system that you've ever seen. I mean, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. it's healthy, and maybe because of that uh, reason. Uh, recently, uh, one of the um, professors, the people is really involved into the uh, microbial activity in the soil and all that. Uh, he sent my product to a lab to test if it had any uh, mycorrhizas, and apparently has a few of those mycorrhizas within the uh, that generates within in a natural way that it also helps, uh, obviously, the plant growth. Mm. So, and, and I guarantee you, there is so many other things that we don't know yet, Yeah. whether it's from Peru, uh, Chile, Guatemala, Mexico, and even here, uh, like in Oxnard area, a lot of the uh, blueberry, raspberry, strawberry, tomato, cucumbers, uh, they've been using 100% the cocoa to grow uh, hydroponically and oh, so yeah. it's saving yeah. a lot of fertilizers right. so right. you you use a lot less fertilizer you use less water, water. so yeah. bottom line you end up getting more for less but can it be used across other uh, everybody can, right looks everybody. like anybody can I use mean, it I mean like uh, we have uh, one customer testing uh, in a big pot avocado tree Ah, okay, yeah. uh, I probably will send you a photo because, I mean, it's amazing that the, this short avocado tree loaded with uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. avocados. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how much the... of that is, um, are people using this then? Or people are educated? I mean, this, this I mean, when you talk about this, right? I mean, it's sustainable, uh, less water, less fertilizer, and all the other benefits, the less of tillage of the ground, right, the soil that is needed, all that goes away with this. A- exactly, right? exactly. I mean, in 1994, when I started this business, I think it was only two of us doing this. Uh, one, um, I think the company name was uh, Millennium, which I think it was from India, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, my company. And um, we were the only two in a trade show um, in Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio is supposed to be one of the biggest uh, nursery industry trade shows. It's like the mecca of the nursery industry. Right. And back then, it was only two of us. Now, everybody Everybody's wants to be it. involved. <laughs> uh, yeah. Back in those days, if you ask, let's say, uh, a thousand people, maybe one knew about the core. Mm. And now you ask probably 10 people and probably nine knows about the product. So it is making progress. And coconut usage has also gone up in the last couple of years, right? Because from health food standpoint, coconut water, coconut, everything. Everything, yeah. And I mean, like I remember when I was um, introducing my coconut fruit, uh, the first company that really... uh, got interested in my program was uh, Frida's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember they got really excited because I came up with this uh, coconut fruit that I removed the hard shell, uh, peeled all the skin, right. and put it in a vacuum seal. So it looks like a, like a white ball uh, that all you do, you just kind of push through the meat, 
with the straw uh, something a, a strong straw, yeah then you can drink the water and yeah. when you finish you can cut down the meat and you know eat, eat it as a snack actually i think that was in 2001 before uh you know like this madonna and all these other people start promoting yeah, the water yeah, yeah i think the culture changed a lot in the states um and the good old days the only coconuts was available in the stores was the ones from uh, dominican republic right. and that was a really dark mature coconut and right now, I mean, every store you go, yeah. you're going to find the young coconut, you're going to find the brown, you're going to yeah. find every possible mix of Agreed. coconut. So that's great. That's, that's a great... Uh, Agreed. Because when I used to go to India, that was my thing to do, right? I always had coconut water uh-huh. because we didn't find it here. And now you find it all over. All you, over the place. All over the place. Yeah, that yeah. So that's the beauty. And, and you know, in Mexico... Uh, Culture ascension to uh, we have a, a program. I mean, right now we have uh, one big facility where we do all the coconut fruit processing, and that one is in Colima. But also we have four facilities that uh, do the grinding of the husk. But also at the same time in the state of Guerrero, we have a place where we propagate uh, the uh, coconut plants and donate it to the farmers mm-hmm. to uh, refurbish their farms because, I mean, a lot yeah. of the uh, palm trees are pretty old, maybe right. 70, 80 year old. Right. So now the beauty that, that I, when I travel the um, West Coast side, like from uh, Colima all the way down to Oaxaca, yeah. there's a lot of new coconut tree plantations. And I feel good because I feel that we were this. Uh, you started. Uh, you're the pioneers. Uh, we were the pioneers <laughs> yeah. in this revolution. It's like your uh, what you're saying earlier. It helps water. It helps the different things that you don't even know. I'm sure by what you started as being a pioneer, even for the Guerrero, right? That's the place uh-huh. you're from, Akali. It must have been from an economy, from helping people in that neighborhood or the cities. You've had indirect impact and very different ways looks like oh yeah it's, it's amazing and i mean i feel so good um, uh, when i listen to the people uh like in the communities especially mm-hmm. in guerrero guerrero is one of the communities that um, unfortunately all this time they were like the, the handouts uh, in other words they were depending on the government to support them uh-huh. so the state of guerrero um, one of my partners described the state of Guerrero as the two-legged uh, table. Hmm. One hmm. leg was the tourism, and yeah. the other leg was the government. Yeah. So that's, that was the only two incomes, so to speak, for the state of Guerrero. Yeah. Now, we build a third leg uh, onto this table that is, is more stable right. because, I mean, just... In our group, we probably hired a direct, maybe 250 employees, but indirect. I mean, all the people that is collect the husk, uh, all the uh, trucking companies, uh, you can see in the communities, 
uh, now they're building houses. They, uh, I mean, it, it looks better. Nice. Uh, the economy that is getting into that uh, communities right. are, are very, very good. I remember one day when I was visiting one of our facilities in Guerrero, one of these guys um, came to me and he was one of the people that used to bring the raw material, the husk, into our facility. Right. Our facility is like a recycling center. That right. you know, you have all these little trucks coming in with husk, <laughs> and you pay them by the metric, cubic meter. And uh, so this guy was saying, Frank, I used to go to the uh, U.S. Um, I had to pay the coyote so much money. Uh, I have to endure living with eight or 12 people in this little tiny garage uh, mm-hmm. room. And now, and I was away from my family. Now I'm making more money here and I'm with my family. So, I mean, that kind of make me realize that the effect that, you know, as a little company, it make in a family. Yeah. That yeah. All of a sudden, the, the nucleus of the family stayed together. The economy is good. They're happy. So they don't have. Yeah, yes. that that is very fulfilling. That's, so that, that's, that's, that that's must, a great feeling. Yeah. yeah, you're just not just helping the soil, but you're helping the community. I know earlier we were talking about this new thing that you're working on called Uncle Frank's. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. <laughs> uh, actually, um, I have a couple young um, partners. Um, uh, I mean, they are in the industry also, uh, but they are young kids. Um, I think one is like a 36 and the other one is 38. And uh, they are in the marketing uh, world as well as uh, selling some of the agriculture uh uh, products, and so they approached me, and, and I guess they were looking at me from a distance and <laughs> uh, seeing my work. So they approached me and uh, came up with this idea that uh, they want to be part of my business, and they did a, a sketch of uh, my f- ugly face. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Handsome face. <laughs> then uh, presented to me as okay. We want to uh, do a like an added value product with the coconut based uh, product, and we want to call it Uncle Frank. So at the beginning, I I was kind of I mean I laugh at the <laughs> picture, but you know I start kind of realizing that uh, it really makes sense to make this other step like what I did with the fruit now I can do the mixes which is going to be uh, the basic four different mixes uh, Uncle Frank uh, label so to speak one is going to be 100% cocoa that can be used uh, basically all purposes including like uh, for uh, if you have any kind of spill of uh, gasoline or any hydrocarbon uh, based uh, uh, product 
the best absorbent for that is cocoa. So, I mean, they can use it for that. They can use it for growing any kind of plant, including cannabis. It's very popular oh. <laughs> in the cannabis industry. They use the 100% cocoa, too. Um, and we're going to have another mixes. Uh, but every mix that we're going to be making is going to be based on two things. One, that is going to give a very good results to the end user. And two, that is going to be uh, regenerative, uh, environmentally friendly, mm -hmm. and it's going to be loaded with a lot of microbial activity. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be a fair price, but uh, high quality, because uh, I want to make sure that if they're going to call it Uncle Frank, <laughs> Uh, make sure that uh, the results are going to be good. Uh, otherwise, uh, I don't want to get involved in that. But I, I, I'm, my son um, got really, really good at um, um, making good mixes. So he's going to be in charge of the mixes and the quality and uh, what's going in. And also been involved with uh, some of the um, um, PhD um, uh, people that knows all about the microbial activity, so we wanna we wanna get into this business, but the right way. And actually, one of the I don't know if you ever watched that movie, Kiss the Ground. No, I did not. <laughs> okay, um, it, it is. Uh, I mean, the Kiss the Ground is is a good way to uh, probably. Tell the people, hey, we can do a better job in growing plants or, you know, uh, produce fruit and vegetables without tilting and all that. Uh, but, okay, uh, I should go check it anyway, out. Anyway, one of the producers approached me, and uh, we are kind of right now nice. working okay. on the possibility of doing some mixes for them, too. Ah, but, okay. Uh, but the Uncle Frank is, is, is a done deal. It's... It's gonna go forward in the next few weeks. You may see my ugly face in maybe Home Depot or <laughs> Home some Depot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so people listening to this, uh, if you see Uncle Frank's, then you know who that is at Home Depot, right? right. Coming, coming soon to the coming Home Depot soon. next to you. <laughs> Frank, I I've known you for so many um, years, and I I this is amazing, right? How you. Um, intentionally and unintentionally impacted so many different aspects of people and the environment and the soil. Now, going back to the comment when I was saying, right, even the reason I, when, when I came into United Ag, and like I said, I kind of, at first you feel like an outsider, you feel different and you always, always made me feel comfortable and it always, I seeked you out at events and stuff and made sure I was sitting next to you because that's how you made everybody feel. I'm sure that carries through, right? Uh, and looks like uh, you are a business person, you are an entrepreneur, you wanna, you've, you've always done that, but deep down you have a awesome soul. The way I, what we grew up in, uh, were taught by my parents was that uh, you always have to respect uh, to people. Yeah. And I don't care whether if you're a businessman or you're a regular worker, if you 
treat the people with respect, and you're going to receive the same thing back. I'm not the only one producing uh, core in Mexico. Yeah. But I think I'm the one that uh, most of the people come to, uh, and perhaps it's because uh, we treat everybody the same way, same, whether yeah. you know you buy one bell or you buy a hundred truckloads. To me, it's the same. It's a human being. It's a person right. that you're dealing with, and and that's that's the way I am. Yep, that's as because through United, I'm also testing out or finding out um, my experimentation with United Ag is if you are the people person, if you're a relationship person, does that help from a business standpoint, right? So mm-hmm. you are a business person and you start, but you're, you started with the people side of it and look at where you are today. And that's the same thing earlier we were talking about where we have grown from United Ag and where we are today is very much very similar because you don't start off, you start off with doing the right thing and it leads us to the success, right? Well, look what you've done in what, eight years since you uh, took over? Yeah. It's amazing the difference, and and everything has to do with the leadership, the way that you're dealing with people, the way you uh, focus uh, your goals, and how you work with the people. Because yourself, you will never going to be able to uh, achieve the things that you have achieved with the group of people because your leadership, and I think that's. That goes the same in every every step of the journey or your life, uh, whether it's uh, family, whether it's uh, business, whether it's uh, friends. I think it's the same same thing. I mean, you can be a a mean person and you end up uh, not being that great, or uh, you can be a human being and treat everybody good, and I think uh, that's a great for feelings. Yeah, I mean, for you to say that, Frank, uh, it makes me a little emotional because I looked up to you, and you've seen me through all my struggles, and you've seen me. So right. thank you for saying what you said. Thank you so much, Frank, for coming down. And this is this is awesome. It's always a lot of fun uh, sitting down with you, uh, and actually. Some people are like Manoj. Uh, every time your name comes up, it's you're the cigar, the guy with the cigar, right? right. <laughs> so usually at our events and stuff, uh, Frank is always surrounded by people, and he is an amazing, amazing soul. So thank you for being part of United Act. Thank you for coming down, and thank you for being a friend. Well, thank you, and uh, really, really uh, congratulations for the job that you've done so far. Thank you. Thanks. That's mean, that means a lot, Frank. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for inviting. Thank you.